Welcome to Tag Soup 2. We used to craft every element by hand, but creating websites is becoming an automated robotic task, firstly with preprocessors and now new tools such as the grid, Webflow CMS and Monsteroid, all vying to do the work, potentially in place of us. How are we going to adjust with these changes? I asked Clive, Dean and Sean systems like Squarespace etc I'm expecting more and more businesses to um, to jump on these systems and avoid going to a, a bespoke um, website designer yep I've already had a client do that there we go I'm expecting more of that to happen but also I'm what I'm ex also expecting to happen is that there will be more businesses actually deciding to to, to look at this and maybe get into actually doing websites or updating the website. Um, I think in my bones that there may be um, some advantages for us in that if we can use these tools a lot better than they can, then there is potentially some business in there. Well, it's interesting you talk, say that because my, the client that I know who <clears throat> the story is that uh, I designed or I built his site um, uh, about five, six years ago. And um, it was a good site, and it still is a good. And the old site still looks good today, so that's great. But he went off and um, used um, Squarespace to build his own site or a new site, um, because he's a photographer. Um, Squarespace have a few themes, I believe, which are really suited to that. And so, and so, and so, he told me, "Oh, we went away and did this," and, and I said, "Great, that's no problem. If it, if it works out for you, go go and do it." And um, but he then said to me. Um, it took us quite a while to figure it out. And so, you know, I know for sure that I could figure it out quicker than he could. Well, I think I could. And so, um, you know, that's that's an that's a interesting point, really, I think, because even though Squarespace is designed to be used by, you know, the layman, if you like, um, there still is a learning curve for some of those systems. And so maybe, you know, maybe I should be looking at that more and maybe maybe i should sign up for that and have a look at it in more depth well the other thing i'm thinking as well is that um because we are generalists uh in the web space one of the things that we tend to provide for to the businesses is a lot more than just a website we don't just design and develop a website we actually it's a lot of what we talk to them about is actually the business planning and everything and all the other parts that go with running that website so we talked about content about how they're marketing themselves etc and i think there's there's huge areas in there where we can bring uh, a lot more to the table than if they go and do it themselves and i think that area there is, is a huge space for people to move into uh, uh, and give them more than they could if they go and do it themselves so i think that's why you know it's not so much as a one-stop shop as such but being web experts i think there's there's a potential market for the future even if people want to go and do it themselves and if they do great they can they can update their sites which would be fantastic but then turn to us for expert advice on, on how on particular things 
I think there's 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 money to be made there. Yeah, I think that very much depends on how you're marketing yourself. I'm not really marketing myself in that arena as a consultant. I, I don't think I am anyway. Um, I'm marketing myself as a freelance uh, front-end developer in the main. But on my site it says designer, but you know that's because people want a website and they, they know the term designer, they don't know the term developer as such, or not as much anyway. Um, so I'm not really marketing myself as a consultant or as in the sense you just described there. But how much do you get into the, the background of, of the business and how the business runs, et cetera? Well, I don't know that I do that as much as I maybe could do. Um, so I probably need to develop that area. Um, so I think if you stand back and look at it, you think you might realize that actually you do know quite a lot about that. Because where I see people just doing pure freelance development work and pure freelance design work their clients are normally agencies that's all they want but yeah. if you're actually dealing with businesses yourself you'll find that they start asking you many more questions than than just the simple bits about the website well i think i can help them there in terms of um well the technical side of it and also um some of the sort of common sense decisions that we almost make in our heads um without necessarily explaining them every single time but I don't know that I can help them with marketing or with um, SEO. Well, I can. I know some aspects of SEO, but I, I've deliberately uh, removed SEO from what I do. And yeah, yeah, because I can't keep up with it. I can't keep up with um, best practice. Well, I, I I know what best practice is in terms of on-site SEO, uh, and I read a lot of stuff about that. But um, in terms of off-site SEO. I, I wouldn't know where to start these days. A topic for another show. <laughs> um, so I, so I, I, about a year and a half or two years ago, I, I removed a few things from my site and that was, and that was one of the things that went. So, um, because again, I can't offer that. I can't spread myself as broadly as that. But do, do you have um, people coming to you asking for a website and they will also ask, can you set some email up for me and stuff like that? Yes, yeah, so I provide, if people want web hosting, or email accounts, then I can provide that if they ask me for that. So email itself is a marketing tool. So yeah. you've already stepped into the business tools that they need to run that's beyond just the website, beyond somebody providing something to an agency from a freelance point of view. You're already doing business work for them. Yeah, to, to, the, to the extent that, that e an email account is, is that, yes. But I, but I don't offer advice in terms of email marketing. Uh, um, so you know i know i know of things that you can use to do that but mailchimp you know campaign monitor those guys drip um so you know i i, I understand that concept and i i know i can suggest things to people but i don't specifically help them with that so with with the background of these um more and more automated systems coming along um do you do you see this going to change our industry very much well i I kind of feel maybe opposite opposite to the way you, you think. Right, I don't know, but the way I'm seeing it is that the, the sort of um, the bespoke side of it, if you like, or the more custom built sites, I think that is being squeezed and uh, from the bottom up. And so, um, you know, in the in the past, I think what happened was we was it was being squeezed on the basis of price, which is still happening. Um, but now we're being, it's being squeezed on the basis of quality design. Not quality design in terms of custom design, 
but design that looks really, really good for a lot of small businesses. Admittedly, it's not custom designed for them and it won't necessarily solve the problems they've got. But in terms of looks, which I know is not design, design is about solving problems. But in terms of what people think about their website and they, they judge it a lot on how it looks. And so now those kind of systems, Squarespace, the grid, um, they, all, they, they all look fantastic. They do. And the designs that you can get off the shelf there are just mm. fab. Yeah. Obviously, as you quite said, they're very generic and there will be a lot of generic sites all looking mm. the same. And if you've got somebody that comes along and says, I just want something off the, off the shelf, you can say, well, it's going to look like you're all your competitors. Mm. So I think there's, there's space there, but you've got well, to really well, convince people. Well, you say that it will look like all their competitors, but I don't know that it will because, you know, there are so many of those solutions nowadays, Monstroid, Templates, you know, thousands of WordPress themes. And so the chances of somebody in the same industry getting the same theme and it looking the same is, you know, unless they use the 2012 theme or something, then I think, I think, I think the chances are very low. And a lot of the small businesses I know or I've been in touch with, um, they're more than happy to, um, in the short term at least, to use a WordPress theme that looks great in their eyes. Now, um, in the long term or medium term, they would want to get more success out of that than that, I'm sure. The, 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 the design would have to generate more than it would do. Um, but a lot of them are not looking for much more than that, in my view. Um, they're looking for uh, a brochure website, for example, that looks great, has some really great photographs on it, um, has a big contact form button somewhere, links to their social media pages if they do that. Um, and that could be the end of it. They don't necessarily want to use it any more than that. <laughs> the objective is to um, publicize the business as a brochure and to sort of act as a credit credibility point for the business and provide a way of, you know, contacting the business or phoning them up quickly or filling in a form. Yeah, no, I mean, my worry is that if I'm a specialist, then I'm going to be ruling out a lot of work and, um, I can't really afford to do that. So it might get to a point where I become a, enough of a specialist such that I can generate enough work in that specialism. But in, but, but, but in the meantime, in the meantime, I have to pay the mortgage. <laughs> and, and so, um, you know, practicalities of the situation are that I can't afford to do that at the, at the moment. Um, even if I decided that I wanted to go that way. So, you know, I, I've, I've thought a lot long and hard about specializing in a CMS, um, but at the moment I'm I'm not intending to do that. I'm I, suppose take... I, I worry about that. <clears throat> I think obviously if you're yeah, specializing so in WordPress, then at the moment, yes, there's lots of work out there because people want oh. WordPress sites. But if you specialize in Perch, I think for, as an example, which I love, but I think you are limiting your scope of what work you may pick up. So a difficult yeah. one, that. Yeah, I do as well. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Perch WordPress thing is an interesting thing because I'm kind of conflicted between the two, really, because they are quite different systems and they suit quite different projects. But on the other hand, that means that I can offer those to people who, ha who have those different requirements. And so if there's somebody is out there who wants a custom-built site, then I think Perch may fit into that quite well. Um, but if there's somebody out there who wants a site for you know, two or three days work, then I think the WordPress theme customizing that 
or implementing WordPress theme is going to be the way to go for me. You know, I've seen a, I've seen a, quite a few podcasts recently whereby the term uh, it's not developer or designer, but the term implementer has been used. So where you take a theme and customize it. I mean, to me, to me, that's front end development, I guess. But um, well, I don't know. I, I, I'd say this, but 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 there's a term called you know implementer. So I've used I've seen it used on a few sites. So um, just more buzzwords. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. So it's interesting, but um, yeah, I don't have any answers, but it's interesting stuff, I think. I don't know. It's always something that rubs me up the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know what it is. BBC and Sky have just been, I think Sky first and BBC, they're just have, ha- having a week each on artificial intelligence. And 90% of the things they're showing as artificial intelligence, I don't think are. Um, and because we, we're we looking at these things today, I thought, okay, well, you know, as you do, I'll go and have a look. What does, what is not artificial intelligence, but just, just intelligence? What does the word intelligence really mean? When, we're, when we initially um, write content, um, we're trying to convey something and you know h as has been said many times html is a markup language it represents the kind of thing that we would have sent to the printer so if you were doing a sending a poster to the printer in tudor times if, if there was such a thing um you would have marked it up and you would have said great big heading uh smaller heading and paragraph or something along those lines um so if something is intelligent and can just take human speech, um, I've been recently using the, the speech-to-text tools in Windows 10, which are fantastic. And things like that, are, to me, are amazing. Um, but what obviously would be even more amazing is if it recognised when I'm uh, creating a, t- a title as you know, a lot there are tools out there that you can say title or heading one, and then say the sentence, and then say then say paragraph, and carry on that way. But of course, then you're the intelligent being, not the thing receiving the data. So if we're really talking about artificial intelligent content management systems, yeah, why not? I think every almost everything is possible given time, and I think they, that it will happen at some point. Um, if we took it to its logical conclusion, I think that at some point in the future, we will be, I'll be able to sit here speaking in exactly as I am now, and I'll be able to describe the match on Saturday, and whatever I'm speaking to will know to turn that into uh, a write-up of the, the football match on Saturday. And it will format it in a sports story style. And that may or may not have required human input. It probably did at some point, but I think over a period of time that may get lost and the machines will understand what to do. Now, if at the other end, the machine can then churn out not only a page, but put that page in a section and that section in a website, in other words, generate the BBC or the Guardian website, 
what if a new sport comes along? We start talking about a new sport. How will that system know about that new sport if a human being hasn't told it about it? So really, if we're talking about 100% intelligence or artificial, in brackets, intelligence, uh, the machine will have to know about life. Uh, it will be sentient. I was trying to avoid saying that, but it would have <laughs> to be to, to to do the same as a human being. Um, so that's that, that's the first thing. That's the first kind of um, road I went down. I'll, I'll, I'll stop there because obviously it can get a bit a bit heavy. <laughs> well, I was just I was just thinking if you really was sent to artificial intelligence, it will sit there and go. You don't want to stick that in a web blog. You want to stick it on Facebook. There's far more people that look at it. I'll go well, and check it over there. <laughs> absolutely. And then, of course, there's, you know, as every um, dystopian vision of the future shows us, that machines will eventually realise what idiots humans are and either destroy us or enslave us. So, you know, I mean, in terms of um, using machines as tools programming them yeah not a problem at all the only thing that i think is um without that spark without that bit of magic that artifice which of course you know creates the word artificial but there's just that thing where human beings instead of following the rules to create what they should do break the rules that little thing in human beings that say, do you know what? I don't, why don't I try writing a sports story as if it were go, a gardening article? <laughs> Terrible example, I know. But, you know, why don't I style it like I did that really fancy fashion website? Or even something completely different, you know, that's that's not that doesn't meet accessibility and user experience criteria. And look, we know there's been a lot of argument about that lately, why websites all look the same, you know, because they're following these principles. And that's when we get these wonderful websites where somebody actually manages to achieve everything. Sites that look great and work great. And, you know, a machine might do that, but the way we know how machines do that, the same way that machines hack they just try every combination and if something tries every combination at some point you're still going to need a human being to go oh that's it look at that that's that's what a website should look like that's how websites should work isn't that fantastic it looks great and it works great and in fact actually simon sorry they're the <laughs> you know we're all all of us in this business i think correct me if i'm wrong uh, maybe there's 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 some other criteria that we measure ourselves by but at the end of the day we want stuff that looks good and it works well uh, you know and, and that's it and also it's really just words and pictures and we're really just telling stories or communicating and um so i, I don't see why it can't be done but i but i, I, but I have a, an issue with the word intelligence or artificial intelligence i just think it's a system really I agree with you, and I think the artificial intelligence piece has been used by people talking about the grid because there's certain things in the grid which, to some people, are magic. So they go, "Oh, it's magic," but they're not. So I've seen a piece, uh, a video, one of the videos about the grid where they've got some color pickers and they've done some complex 
color algorithms in the back there and you drop an image in and it will go and pick some colors but you don't like those you can just touch it and change those again and you can just pick a set of colors out of from that image that combine together and then what they blend the colors together so that they they, uh, they balance etc and you can change that palette so different ways of, of mixing those colors so, and then you just spread it around the page now there is human interaction in that but what you don't have to do is have years of design experience to do that you just sit there and press things until you like it and that um okay we're not talking about artificial intelligence here but we're talking about scripted templating stuff which is beyond just uh beyond the means of a normal business person uh going out and doing that stuff they can just press buttons until they get something they like uh, but there is a set of design standards sitting in the background of that so <laughs> so in, in the long run i think if this sort of thing comes along we will see even more websites looking at the same but probably because there'll be more and more business people out there people who don't do websites normally who will be able to do their own they'll go tick 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 bang and we won't even know it's been uh, a business person doing it uh, rather than the web designers um i think you touched on the point there which is and i can't I can't remember the exact phrase or who said it typical me um but there's something that goes along the lines that you know um, you're a designer if you have good taste, something to do with taste and design. Okay, it might have been Dieter Rams or something. somebody will correct me, I'm sure. Um, and when I remember when um, desktop publishing first came around, I was in um, in a business where I was uh, visiting a lot of uh, print factories, traditional print. And the, the the conversation at the time was we've got to change, we've got to change quickly. We're getting uh, digital equipment in to replace the traditional equipment. And, the, you know, they were worried um, because obviously there were skills in what they do. Really, that side of the business, yeah, I mean, that was a change of equipment and a change of skills. However, I think the thing that worried the um the people that were doing the layouts, the artworks and what have you, was desktop publishing is going to fall into the hands of the um, content generator who just used to really pass on the text. Now, we all know what happens when you give Bobbin accounts a desktop publishing package. Uh, well, it's just, you know, it's, they, it, it's just so funny that bad taste also seems to have some kind of consistency and that that people tend to use the worst fonts they always use the worst templates and the worst layouts and they become common and you know there's memes of these things on the internet of various you know worst clients and what have you so if somebody unskilled uh if somebody with in quotes bad taste that you know it's hard I don't necessarily believe that. I think there's a certain amount of good design that can be taught. I think some people are naturally gifted artists, but I think that taste can be explained to people if they're willing to learn the basic principles of design. And um, however, I think you've just let people loose. So we've all worked with clients that we know we're doing a great job and we know we're doing the best for the client but they're telling you to do something different that we know is really bad. So you're saying that best practice is built into these things. Um, 
if somebody's using it and it won't do what they want, they're going to be going, why won't it let me use all the headings in the wrong order? Why won't it let me use these colours that are almost illegible because the contrast is so poor? Um, why won't it let me use words in a way that will completely ruin my SEO? It's a terrible piece of software. I don't like it. I don't want to use it. It won't let me do what I want it to do. We Look, as you said, we've built our own content management system, and we're constantly asked by clients to add functionality that essentially would give them the ability to destroy their own webs months of work. Um, no, you can't have every a color picker in your font drop down menu you know um that honestly you know a lot of people just don't understand um style guides and themes and why you should use them and brand consistency and um we started off the conversation by talking about both being all-rounders and i think that's one of the things an all-rounder brings to the table is that we're aware of all of these hundreds of elements you know that my very first website had the strap line, the whole is great in the sum of the parts, referring to, to being a web designer, really, that you've got all these hundreds of things that come together to make up something good. And um, so, yeah, I, yes, you can build in as much best practice as you like, but in the hands of somebody terrible, they're still going to produce something not necessarily good, I believe, um, or they get frustrated that they haven't got the freedom to do what they want and what if you've got somebody that's really creative and clever and knows better than has, you know, the, the homogenous stuff that's been built into the system and actually they want to do something better and they can't as well. So I think you've got both extremes. You've got the people that are just absolutely terrible and haven't got a clue and getting frustrated because they can't do things badly and then I think you're going to have people that are exceptionally talented and skilled but don't necessarily know how to code or whatever but they want to do what they want to do and they can't um, I know some incredible artists that really just don't get web but they're just phenomenally talented individuals with incredible imaginations and come up with just amazing stuff but they're not great with the technical side of things and um, I guess that's what this is trying to do. If, if going back to the bread machine, is the ciabatta that comes out the bread machine as good quality as, say, something made in a bakery in Italy? Probably not. Might be better than some. Who knows? But worse than others. Um, so I think, it, I think it's possible. I think it can happen. And I guess the next question is, if it's possible and it can happen, what happens to us, Simon? Well, uh, yeah, I suppose that's a question that a lot of people will be asking. And the way I see it is actually you would turn this around its head. Not only are these tools potentially going to be great for business people who won't, won't come to us, but actually on the generalist side of things, they're tools that we can use to build websites for people who don't have the time and they're going to make things quicker for us. Maybe. <laughs> Now, I know we have standards when we go, oh, but the code's rubbish. But sometimes that doesn't matter. If somebody's paying you 500 quid for a website, why not use a tool that will just bash it together and you drag and drop a few things in there, choose a few colours out of it and go, right, there you are, there's 500 quid's worth of my time. Pop. 
If, if they've got a six-page website and it's going to stay that way for the next two years, maybe then yes. A um, couple of examples. I had a chap call up um, who wanted a very simple website and I was just very honest with him and I just said, why not use, and I just went through a list of, you know, one-on-one, type, like the... Mm-hmm. Cheap and cheerful things. I said, look, you're going to pay between two and 500 quid. It will do what you want. It will be ready-made and that's that. And he went away and looked at them all. And then he called me back a few days later. He said, look, I've had a look at all of these things and I've had a look at your sites. And actually, I want one more like the ones you've built. These all look <laughs> the same, you know. And so that was that was somebody that hadn't gone down the cheap route and just came straight back. And he was willing to pay twice as much for a fairly simple site. Um, and one, he, he only updates it once a year. It comes back once a year and we sit down and we go through the site and we update it together. Paul Bowag's talking about um, at this quite a lot at the moment about how, um, particularly for freelancers, um, there's almost like um, there's two extremes. There's the people who want £500 websites or the people who used to want a £500 website who are probably now, because they can't get a decent £500 website, are doing it themselves with a DIY system using Squarespace or or some of these um, AI systems like the grid that kind of design it for you sort of thing. Then there's the other extreme, um, the big high value projects, you know, 50 grand plus web projects and stuff that are kind of uh, the big companies are actually taking them in-house and they're, they're building their in-house teams and developing them. So it's squashing that middle, uh, middle section down of uh, kind of mid-value websites that all freelancers are screaming and fighting over. So I think it's quite topical that, you know, this, this, this thing with these, um, it's not going to go away. And and to be honest, the technology is probably going to you know it's only going to get better. So they will start churning out decent websites. I mean, at the moment, I've I've not seen I haven't seen anything. Um, is the grid live? No, it's in beta. no, it's not. I haven't seen anything that these these systems have chucked out. So I I I, I can't really compare it. But I, I'm imagining it's going to be very. Um, square squarespace esque you know sort of the typical large image bit of text over the top and then the the typical three column uh layout or grid layout it, you know that is that i think the output of those uh whether it's an ai system or something like squarespace or a diy drag and drop web builder thing the output is going to be very similar they're going to provide Good looking websites. I'm not going to knock that. They, you know, they 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 do look good. They look nice. They're using you know trendy fonts and stuff, and and they look good. But they don't really. They're generic. They're a one size fits all solution, and they're not really solving any real problem. And the person who wants a five hundred pound website perhaps perhaps doesn't realise they've got a problem that needs solving. You know, they just want a web presence, and for that, I think it's fine. But I think where we as freelancers can position ourselves to get more of that kind of middle chunk of, um, you know, higher value web projects is we, you know, we need to look for that problem that needs solving for a client and then, you know, design a a bespoke solution to that problem, which I don't think these, these, um, particularly the AI uh, systems can really do. And do you see that um, value being put into that by us, by providing more than just building a website 
We have to. We have to. You know, we if you're just building a website, if you, if 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 you're a freelancer who has somebody come to you and says, "Look, I I I've just set up a new business. I want um, I need a website because you know everyone's got a website these days. Uh, this is a list of the features I want. I want a blog and I want an about page and so on. And you go, okay, fine. I'll go away, design something that looks pretty. Do you like that? How it looks? Yeah, great. Okay, look, boom, and it and it's done. That that is that five hundred pound website market. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if 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 you are um, digging that bit deeper and, and asking them why why they want this website, you know what what problem have they got to solve? Do they need do they need to generate leads for this new business that they've got? Are they launching a product that they need to sell? You know that th- there is a reason that they want that. So if you can find out what that is and then design specifically for that, you know, to solve that problem, then. And you're, and if you're only charging sort of sub one thousand pounds, you 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 really need to, you know, whack your price up and 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 change reposition yourself, um, because I think that's the differentiator between that low value stuff, which is only gonna you know the as as these as these systems and drag and drop website builders and stuff you know uh, become more prominent and and better. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that that's just going to absorb more and more of that low value. So, for for a lot of freelancers, I mean, I I I, I when I did a talk about value based pricing, I, I looked at Cole Henley's freelance rate survey, and yeah. and that 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 shows that the majority, the average price for most freelancers for their web web projects are about two and a half thousand pounds and from when i've spoken to people and and myself personally you know i I struggle to get more than a couple of grand for for a small website um probably because i'm using the term freelancer which is a whole nother topic i think um but but you know that that that's about the norm. Well, th- that lower end market, which we we we're currently sort of labelling the five hundred pound website, that's going to move very quickly towards that sort of two grand mark. And and yeah. you know, I think if 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 you as a freelancer, if that's where you currently are, you you really need to be thinking, you know, looking at how you can position yourself to get those you know those ten thousand pound web projects because that's that's where you know. I think if you're solving those problems for a company uh, and being able to give them a website that generates leads or sells their product, you know, that, that website has been optimized to convert all the visitors really well into paying customers, all that kind of stuff, then, then, then I think you deserve to be at that, that price bracket anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's here to stay, and, and I don't think there's much we can do about it. It's, it's more a case of... Expertise and experience, which built, yeah, you know, built yeah. up over the years, which well, we hope we all built up over the years, uh, rather yeah, than exactly. just slashing out stuff. But as a freelancer, I'd imagine there's quite a lot of freelancers out there who, whose principal um, client is actually agencies as opposed to the business, and that for some of them is going to be quite a hard transition to, to flip over to that. And maybe they like working for agencies, and I think that may be a completely different market, and maybe that's possibly what may have skewed Cole's uh, averages slightly. Yeah. Um, so you've really got two sectors there. You've got small business freelancers versus freelancers just work for agencies. And they're, they're, they are yeah. sort of two different animals because the freelancer working for an agency, they get given a job and they say, right, do this, A, B, and C, bang. But a freelancer working for a, a small business has a huge amount more than that because you need to go and talk to the business and find out what they need, et cetera, yeah. and then develop a solution that... that that fits them. Um, no, it is hard, and I, I agree. I think there's, I think the, the the freelancers who are working direct to client, 
are probably much more entrepreneurial and the freelancers who are working for uh, most of their work perhaps comes from agencies um are probably more like employees you know they 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 don't have they don't perhaps have um as much business nonce now no sorry (laughs) edit that (laughs) (laughs) no nothing's gonna just go that like this let's compress it all down into 20 minutes business (laughs) now Yeah, um, and it may be maybe that those uh, agency freelancers are the ones that are going to suffer from this because um, I th- I believe that the um, the ones the freelancers aiming at uh, small businesses actually might do something different here. They might actually go and start using these tools for themselves. Actually, you can do two five hundred quid websites a day. You're laughing. Yeah, and use these well, tools to build it for you. Now, some of them, this... I know, we all sit there and go, "Well, the code. Oh, I don't like the code." But at the end of the day, five hundred quid. Boom. Who cares? Exactly, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm kind of at that stage there because, you know, currently most of my work is a two, you know, is two grand websites, um, and 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 as I sort of as I am repositioning myself and I'm starting to uh, take on larger value projects, I, I, I'm also thinking, well, how you know, can I, can I somehow utilize that um, lower end of the market where. Because you know most of my work is small, small local businesses. They're probably just a, they're probably just starting out, and they don't really appreciate the kind of the idea of investing and marketing their business to generate uh, um, leads and, and and stuff for their for their business. So they 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 haven't really got an idea. They they perhaps need educating. So there is that you know there is a level of that five hundred pound website client that you know. And I've and I've done it in the past. I've you know I've taken them on and 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 given them a a real stripped down solution, but it's it's worked. And then we've gone on. They've gone on to spend thousands of pounds with me over the longer term because they start to see where the value is that I can provide them. Um, but I've looked at some of these things, and I know I know lots of freelancers out there who use. Um, you know, they use off-the-shelf themes, uh, and I, I know I know a lot of my local competition agencies uh, that are charging ten grand plus for website projects who are just going and getting pretty much you know, themes and and not really customising them. Maybe dropping their logo in and changing some colours, but they're using off-the-shelf theme. Um, you know, and they're charging five figures for a web project. So, I mean, to me, I like that kind of um, you know, I like starting from scratch seeing what the problem is thinking about how i can solve that problem and, and go through that whole process before i even get to anything that looks you know anything, anything that's visual um and so and that i so therefore i don't think you know that that option of offering that that that, that would be purely a, a a sideline just so i wouldn't have to turn clients away i could say look if you can't go down this bespoke route um then how about this? Um, just mainly as an, an onboarding process. So if they get that on, and I, I've got somebody there that I can then maybe nurture into a um, absolutely, yeah, because you you build that relationship up by giving them something they need immediately and at a, a cost they can afford, which means you've got that relationship. And as you say, you can nurture that in the future to to more if they need it. 